special, had a great time with the kids, and um, Courtney and I, uh, you know, every time we go up to Vancouver, it's beautiful, and all we can think about is how wonderful it's going to be when we get a group of disciples up there, oh, and we get to plant the, the Vancouver BC Church, yes. amen? Amen. We've already planted some seeds in Russell's heart. Oh, come on. I don't know if he's going to plant it, but he's probably going to be on it, and... Um, Give me a little uh, heads up right there, bro. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you guys are ready for a message this morning. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I look around and I see the faces and I hear the singing and I go, man, these guys are still on break. I don't know. I don't know if they're ready for a sermon from the Word of God this morning. Are you all resting? I hope the period of rest is over and we are excited about the new year and all the great things that God's going to do. Come on, bro. Um, you know, as I reflected back on 2018, it was great to think through all the good things that happened, mm-hmm. and even the not-so-good things, but we can always find good in the even not-so-good. Yeah. And I hope that you had the opportunity to do that, because I know 2019, the year of boldness, is going to be our greatest year yet. Yeah, yeah. And God's going to be glorified in so many different ways. You know, Sometimes there are sad times, there are joyous times, there are times when we're afraid, but either way, we know that God always has a plan for his people. Let's do a Bible study this morning out of Philippians chapter 1. Please turn with me there, and we'll start our reading in verse 27. You guys still don't sound fired up. I'm about to walk on the stage and sit down. Imitate my disciple. I'm just gonna sit down until y'all sound like you're ready to hear the word. I mean, that's not my job is not to make you feel good, but to make you feel God. Amen. So we're gonna get into the Word of God this morning. Apparently, it'll move all of us to be a little more fired up and get us more ready for the new year. Amen. In Philippians chapter one and verse twenty-seven, Paul writes to the church of Philippi. He says, "Whatever happens." And whatever happens means anything can happen. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. You know, Paul says you cannot control the times. He says whatever happens. All you can control is conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I don't know what 2019 is going to hold for you. I don't know God's plans for your life and for my life. I don't don't know. I wish I did, but I don't. But what I do know is that we need to commit ourselves that whatever happens, we're going to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of of the gospel Amen. of Christ. He says we need to stand firm as one spirit. You know, yeah. what he's teaching right here is this idea, uh, you know, this, this idea of standing firm, this uh, contest, contending as one man. 
These are all militaristic terms that he's using because Philippi was a militaristic city. It was actually led by Roman generals. And so he's telling the people, listen, your life as a Christian in Philippi is going to be like you're in the middle of war. And as one man, we need to stand firm in one spirit as one man for the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. You, on, you see, the idea is that there's a contest between the church and these gladiators, these slaves and these warriors. And he says, we're in this arena and the, 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 the demons are watching and the demons are attacking and Satan is there with us. And our only chance at survival is if we come together as one man and we stand firm in our faith and we fight against the enemy together. Come on, yeah. And if you do that, he says, if you do that, it will be a sign to their destruction and a sign of your salvation that you are in Christ. Come on, bro. You know, whether or not we're going to be opposed is, is not the question. Whether or not we're going to be attacked is not the question. Whether things are going to be good or things are not going to be good. Whether, you know, the situations get super ugly or you have a really challenging situation happen to you. He says, you don't have any control over that. All that you can do is, is, is commit yourself to the idea. Commit yourself to the conviction. Commit yourself to living your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Come on, bro. He says this is going to be a sign to them that they're going to be destroyed and that God's going to save you. He says whatever happens. Yeah, bro. The title of our message this morning... Psych this afternoon. Oh, you got us. Is <laughs> got myself. The title of our message this afternoon is Tears, Cheers, Fears, and Happy New Year's. Say that again. Tears, cheers, fears, and happy new years. Hot fire. Give me something to remember. Come on, bro. You know, verse 29. He says, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only that you have to believe in him, but that you suffer for him. You know, the, the idea of suffering is not something that we like to admit is part of living a Christian lifestyle. I mean, a lot of us, whether you like to admit it or not, when you went to the waters of baptism and you came out of new creation, you thought that everything's going to be made new. Life is going to be peachy keen. It's going to be great. Yeah. You didn't anticipate all these challenges and all the suffering. You, you didn't anticipate your leaders sitting against you and your roommates not cleaning up after themselves. Like these, these were not part of the deal you signed up for. It's true. And when you went to waters of baptism, you thought you're going into a perfect church with a perfect leader, with perfect household situation. And, Things are going to be great. And then what happened? <laughs> you woke up. <laughs> Sorry, the kingdom's not perfect until we all get to heaven and everything's made new again. Sorry, your leaders are not perfect because we're all leaders and we all have simple natures and struggles. Sorry, you're, you're, you're living with roommates that are people that have a hard time connecting with you just like you're having a hard time connecting with them. These are... Things that, that we deal with as, as people. Right. This has nothing to do with discipleship. Right. Yeah. Your suffering follows you wherever you go. I mean, Paul says how hard it is, the suffering we must go through to enter into the kingdom of God. Right. Not to mention how hard it is to stay in the kingdom of God. Right. Wow. 
You know, he says right here, we have the opportunity. We are granted permission by God to now suffer mm. the way that Christ suffered. Mm. Let's go all the way back to verse 9. I think if we start at the beginning, it'll help us understand really what Paul's getting to right here. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. You guys are sounding a little more lively, but I'm still probably like, I'm going to keep going. Come on, Because I believe that you need to hear this. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, yeah. so that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. You know what Paul is saying right here? is the way that you grow in your knowledge and your depth of insight is not by buying more commentaries <laughs> or studying your Bible longer. Right, he says yeah. it's by abounding in your love yeah. more and more right. and more. It's Come falling on. in love with God more and more every day. On, it's falling in love with each other more and more every day. Falling in love with your spouse more and more every day. The more you grow in your love, the closer you get to God. Come on, bro. Verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of my brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. You know, Paul says, I got caught. He says, I got caught. I got arrested. I'm now in chains. But, but trust me, it's not a bad scenario. I, I know it sounds bad. I know it sounds horrible. I got arrested. I'm, I'm here in jail. I, I know, I know this, this, this is something that you're going to have a hard time with. But I'm telling you, it's actually been super encouraging. <laughs> because the longer I've been in chains, the more encouraged all my brothers and sisters have gotten out there. Thanks. The longer I'm in here, the more fired up they are getting. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you that my chains are advancing the gospel. Amen. No matter what happens in this prison cell. I can trust that my brothers and my sisters are growing and abounding in their love more and more. That they're growing in their own discernment. That they're becoming more pure. They're becoming more blameless. Therefore, they are preaching more courageously. And they are preaching Come on. fearlessly. Come on, Joel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, over the break, Satan always attacks. You know, he's oh, always yeah. attacking. But over the break, a lot of times people are away with their families or whatever. And there's a lot more opportunity for Satan to attack people and their situation. And disciples are out there and they're with their families who aren't necessarily Christian-based in any way. And so Satan really goes after them during those times. So I don't know if you can relate to this. So. Yeah. Yeah. But you get out there and you're really doing your best to try to stay faithful. But you're isolated. And it's challenging. And it's, wow. it's just not easy. And you, you have all this time to get closer to God. But the reality is Satan takes advantage of you during those times. And you skip a few quiet times. You are impure a few times, you fall into these traps, you give in, and then by the end of your break, now you feel like you need a spiritual vacation. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I just need to get away and go spend some time with God. True. Because I really blew it over that break. I've had those breaks. I didn't have that break this time. We had an incredible holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Closer, to Courtney, on, closer to my kids, <laughs> closer to God, ready for 2019. We had a really great break. But I've had those breaks before. Come on, bro. And I've had those struggles before. Yeah. <laughs> And yet sometimes the opposite happens. 
Sometimes the opposite happens. And during those times, because you anticipated it, because you saw these challenges coming, you prepare yourself. You put on the armor of God. You're not ready for anything. You've got a plan. You're like, I'm going to talk to disciples daily. I'm going to study these things out every single day. I'm actually going to get closer to God over this break instead of drifting further away from God than I was before. And the disciples that do that, they never plateau. They always skyrocket in their spirituality. I mean, skyrocket. God really blesses those extra efforts he oh, yeah. to him, and their relationship with him just gets so much stronger Come on. than it's ever been. And really, those are the two types of people that, that spend the holidays. Mm-hmm. The ones that like really tank out, or the ones that just are absolutely on fire for Jesus Christ. Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. You know, one of the brothers that uh, I'm always encouraged to talk to, he reaches out to me every so often, but his name is Nick Cly, and he's one of the interns in Los Angeles. He's actually in the central region. He's uh, currently studying some sort of engineering at uh, University of Southern California. And uh, he hit me up the other day, and he said, he said Joel, this, this break has been awesome. I go, well, that's refreshing. <laughs> he goes, this break has been awesome. I've been studying the Bible with my family members. I've got, a, I've got a cousin who came down here from Pullman. He was going to school out in Pullman. He came down here for a little break, thinking he's going to spend Christmas with the family. I snatched him up. We've been doing Bible studies every day. He really wants to visit the church in, in Seattle. I think he's going to be our brother in Christ. Come on. Oh, that's just flat awesome. You know, I talked to Gina. Come on, Gina was like, Joel, our time with my family. Jesse and I went to Nevada. It was awesome. Come on. It was awesome. You know, one of my family members have, have really gotten caught up in <laughs> believing in crystals and trying to figure out life through these spiritualities. And Jesse and I pulled him aside and we said, what are you doing? You've got to reach out to God. You've got to go after your relationship with God. And Joel, it was amazing. She said, I'm so inspired. I now want to study the Bible. I want to get closer to God. I'm so inspired by the fact that Jesse is willing to use the Bible as his standard for his dating relationship. And that he's going to protect you in such a way because now he's prioritizing God. That is awesome. And now she's going to start studying the Bible. It's amazing to hear these type of stories how God is working in such a great way. But it's when you're abounding. In your love more and more. Yeah. That these things become yeah. clear. Come on, bro. If you're just like hoping to make it to the next day. If you're just like hoping to get through the week. If you're just hoping that 2019 goes alright. You're not going to have a good year. Yeah. You might not even make it to the end of the year. Right. Oh, I woke somebody up. I saw <laughs> you might not be ready. Come on, Joel. Yeah. You know, we've got to be growing in our love. More and yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. At St. Paul's Cathedral in London, there's a statue of Jesus. It's called the Crucified Christ. And he's, he's hanging on the cross. He, he's in agony. And at the base of it, it says, this is how much God loves you. Mm. Wow. If you're going to grow in your love, you've got to understand on a deeper level the love of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was growing in his love every day. Mm-hmm. Growing in his love for people, growing in his love for God. And by the time he died on the cross, he was ready to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. And he was willing to die on the cross because that's how much God loves you. Amen, bro. You know, Paul deeply loved God. He deeply loved the gospel. He saw the chains as an opportunity to advance the gospel and to speak courageously 
and fearlessly. And oh yeah, that's our first point. Speaking courageously and fearlessly. You know, if we're going to live like Christ, we can now speak like Christ. So we can speak the gospel the way that we're supposed to. You know, Paul was chained to these guards. And day in and day out, he's got these guards. He's surrounded by these Roman guards. And they're protecting him. They're keeping him from all the, the, the crazy Jews out there that really want to end his life. And he's preaching the gospel to them every single day. And the Bible says, Paul says, he says, listen, the gospel's now gotten out to all the palace guards. Thousands and thousands of Roman guards. Now know about me. Know about the gospel through me. Because I saw these chains as an opportunity. Mm. You know, for us, we have the opportunity to speak courageously and fearlessly when these challenging times come. You know, 2019, I'm telling you right now, God's going to give you a lot of opportunities that are going to be masked by challenges. Mm. And these are going to be opportunities for you to speak courageously right. and fearlessly yeah. in Christ. Okay. Point number two, rejoicing in all matters. Let's go, bro. Oh Chapter 1, verse 15. Come on, bro. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether for false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help given me by the, by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. You know, Paul says right here, what does it matter? And the answer to that, of course, is it doesn't. It doesn't matter. The only important thing is that Christ is preached. Yeah. You see, Paul had a lot of things on his priorities list, but at the very top of his priorities, it was that Christ is preached. Yeah. He didn't care who preached it. He didn't care with what motives they preached it. He didn't care if their motives were so false it was that it was that they were preaching these kind of things that got him in trouble in jail. He says, I don't care. The important thing is that Christ is preached. Come on, you know, for us, I think that we think <coughs> things matter that really just don't. Yeah, that's true. They, 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 they just don't. They, they don't even come close to whether or not Christ is being preached. Mm -hmm. Paul prioritizes the gospel. I mean, regardless of the circumstances, despite the hearts of the speakers, all he cared about is Christ being preached. Yeah. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 23, the persecutors are pointing out the fact that Paul was hating on Christianity and intensely persecuting the Christians, but now he's become a promoter of it. Now he's speaking Christ to all these people. I think perhaps we don't deeply love Christ because we never intensely Hated Christ. Or did we? Or did we? I mean, the Bible does say in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, it says, We were God's enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, Many live as enemies 
of the, cross, uh, of the cross of Christ. In Colossians 1.21 it says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. We don't deeply love Christ because we haven't come into a, a connection in our mind that we were enemies of Christ. Wow. That's great. We, we did hate Christ. Yeah. Our behavior showed itself. True. Our actions spoke far louder than our words. Yeah, but we went to church on Sunday. Yeah, but I read my Bible with my mom and dad. Yeah, but I, I believe it my grandma went to heaven. We, we take these sort of things and we go, well, that means I'm a Christian. That means I'm good. But that wasn't the heart of Paul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, I was an enemy of Christ. Yeah. And so are you. Yeah. And now because I understand that connection to being an enemy yeah. of the cross of Christ, now I can have a deep love and appreciation. Yeah. And make the preaching of the cross of Christ yeah. the most important thing on my priority list. You know, I think John, Sylvia, Mecca, Joshua, Wendy, Terry, all the people that have been baptized the last few months, I think these people are so grateful. Yeah. For the disciples that reached out to them, prioritizing the preaching of the gospel of Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of these people would say, no, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that they had other things as their priority that day. No, I mean, it's obvious. It's clear. The only reason that, that they're baptized as disciples, the only reason they got reached out to in the first place is because somebody loved them enough because they loved God enough yeah. to prioritize the gospel being preached. Yeah. You know, to make the gospel the most important thing to us, we've got to learn to appreciate it. We've got to recognize who we were without it. True. Right. We've got to remember the powerless life we lived before we came into Christ. Yeah. And only then are we going to be able to rejoice in all matters. Yeah. Because when you see the challenges as opportunities to preach the gospel fearlessly and courageously, when you prioritize the preaching of the gospel the way Paul did, you can rejoice in all matters. Philippians yeah. mm -hmm. chapter 1, verse 20 continues. Come on, bro. It says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage, so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I have to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. You know, Paul says right here, if I'm going to live another day, it's only for your sake. He says, I don't want to be here. I mean, I don't want to be here. I don't know about you, but I wake up some days and I'm just like, dang it. <laughs> Jesus didn't come back yet. I don't want to be here. I mean, I love my wife. I love my kids. I, I love the church. I, I love all the things that are happening in life. But the world, this is not where I want to be right now. Do you feel that way? Yeah. I just, I just don't want to be here. God, your, your, your kingdom come already. I mean, hurry up. <laughs> Get me out of here. This is not where I want to be. I want to be with you. Come on. I want to be in heaven. You know, life here on earth needs to be all about fruitfulness. Yeah. And the third point I believe Paul's making right here is that we're going to live for fruitfulness. Come on. He says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Not to live is to be like Christ or similar to Christ. He says, 
No, if I'm going to live, it's going to be Christ. Yeah. He had a lot of confidence in his relationship with God. Yeah. To die is gain. It's not kind of like going to be better. No, it's going to be better by far. Yeah. If I get the, the opportunity to die right now, oh, I, I promise it's going to be better. It's going to be gain. Come on. You know, Paul says, if he doesn't depart, then it's going to be because he believes that God wants him to be a great example to his brothers and sisters as how, as how to live a godly life. Yeah. He goes, it's going to be all about fruitful labor. Fruitful labor is just labor that leads to fruitfulness. Right. He goes, if I'm going to stay here, my life is going to be consumed with the idea of being fruitful. Yeah. I'm going to multiply myself and making other disciples. I'm going to strengthen the other disciples around me. I'm going to convert people to becoming disciples that are going to make their lives all about fruitfulness. Yeah. That's what life is all about. Since to live is Christ. That's what Christ was all about. And you know, well, that's, that's quite challenging. But what about my life? What about my situation? What about my bills? What about these things that, that I have going on? And yet the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, if you turn with me there, Come on, Let's go, bro. This is awesome. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, Brothers, if someone's caught a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. You know, Paul's. Direction right here to the church in Galatia is very similar to the one in Philippi. He just says it a little bit differently. He goes, listen, our life is all about each other. Our life is about fruitfulness. Our life is about carrying each other's burdens. About restoring each other gently. We're not here for us. We're here for each other. Yeah. He goes, I'm not here for me. I would rather depart and be with Christ. But I'm here for all of you. There's a story of two boys. Brothers, actually living in Nebraska, and they're walking with one of their friends out in the country, and uh, they're, getting, they're getting pretty far out there, and uh, they're quite a ways away from town, and one of the brothers uh, turns his ankle and can't walk anymore, so the other brother picks him up and carries him and walks him all the way back to town, of course with the friends walking by their side, and they go to one of the local stores and there's a, there's a store clerk there, and, and they go to the store clerk, and they're like, hey, listen, my, my brother turned his ankle. Uh, we need some sort of bandaging or, or something to, to help him walk again. And he goes, oh, hold on. You carried your brother all the way here? I mean, isn't he heavy? And the brother says, no, he's not heavy. He's my brother. Damn. Come on. Come on. You know, when we looked around the fellowship, there's no burden too, too heavy that we're not willing to carry for one another. Come on, bro. Come on. That's no, awesome. it's, it's not too heavy. That's my brother. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That, that, that sister, she's going through a lot, but it's, it's not too heavy. That's my sister. Yeah, bro. And that's the heart of Paul, and that's got to be the heart of all of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. That we're going to carry each other's burdens and be here for each other and produce fruit in our lives and in each other's that's awesome. lives. Come Let's on, go back bro. to Philippians chapter 1. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's awesome. Verse 25. Paul says, with these things in mind, convinced of all this, I know that I'll remain and I'll continue with all of you for your progress and join the faith. So, that through my being with you again, 
your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. He says, whatever happens, sad times, challenging times, times full of tears. He says, whatever happens, joyous times, cheerful times, the good times that God brings. Whatever happens, the times where you're afraid, the times where you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next, the times where you worry. He says, whatever happens. In 2019, the year of boldness, it needs to be happy times. Rejoicing times. Times where we speak fearlessly and courageously. Times where we live for Christ and for each other. Whatever happens. Tears, tears, fears. It's going to be a happy new year. We need to live in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I'd like to close out this sermon with a prayer. So if you go to God with me uh, to prayer, let's, let's bow our heads together. Father God, God, we come before you, God, very grateful for the incredible things that you showed us in 2018. God, the incredible miracles that we saw here in the church. God, the 20 people that were baptized, the the people that were restored, the people that moved here from other cities. It was was incredible, Father. It was exciting to be part of your church here in Seattle. And yet we know because of your scriptures that 2019 is going to be an even better year. Father, we know that we're going to be called by you to carry each other's burdens, to do incredible things in your name, to bear fruit in each other's lives and in our own lives, that that righteousness will just be oozing through our pores. Father, that, that we will wake up every day and be committed to you and have powerful prayer times and quiet times as we study out your word. To grow in our love and abound more and more every day. Father, we thank you for all the incredible things that you've done in our life and in the lives of our family members. Father, but we know that you have things, even greater things, planned for us in 2019. God, help us to be excited about the plans. Help us to be just just totally surrendered to your plans. God, I really pray that as we bring the new year together tomorrow... That you'll, be, you know, that you'll be moved in such a powerful way that you will move our ministry from January all the way to December. God, that you'll get our hearts ready for this winter workshop and we'll pour ourselves out into each other's hearts all weekend long. Father, you'll really set us up for a tremendous 2019. That, that you'll really teach us your ways and, new, and, and, uh, and that you'll, your scriptures will just be true to our hearts each and every day. Father, we're, we're so moved. We're so grateful for the brothers and sisters, the leaders that we have here, the, the mighty servants of the Seattle Church and all the Northwest churches, God, the, the tri-world sector. We know that in a great way, Father, you're moving in, in the hearts of the Curtins and the Causeys and the McKeans and yeah. those who have the heart to oversee us. Father, we know that you have great plans in their lives as well. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray that as we close out the fellowship here today, that you'll really use us to inspire one another. To have an incredible new year that will really set our hearts uh, and set our minds to be one. That will stand as one man, contend as one man against the enemy that pursues us, Father. That we know no opponent can outdo you, Father. We know that your angels in heaven are fighting for us. We know that Jesus died on the cross for us because that's how much you love us. And we pray, Father, to, to keep these things in the forefront of our minds as we prepare for a great new year. Father, we love you. It's in your Son's mighty name, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Amen.